Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. You know, when I when I was listening to Brigitte sing that song, that's one of my be- my favorite uh, Christmas songs to listen to. That one and Oh Holy Night. Uh, those are my two favorites. So and you did a beautiful job. Um, that was just really nice. Uh, I was just thinking of the prophet Isaiah when he he wrote a, a prophecy regarding the coming Messiah, and and he said there's going to be a savior. He he, he was talking to a, a people that were feeling hopeless and lost and. They were feeling despair, and they were looking around kind of at the world, thinking, where is our hope? Where do we go? What's this all about? And I think the world now in 2021 can also look around and ask those same questions. Where where do we go? What what do I do with this despair? And and he prophesied, he said, "There there will come to you a Savior, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which we know means God with us. And, and it didn't happen right away. It was 700 years later that that prophecy was fulfilled. And we read it in, the new, in Matthew, in, in, the, in the, what we know as the Christmas narrative, the story that we read at Christmas. But it, they had to wait 700 years, and finally, that prophecy was fulfilled. And we also read in the New Testament how we hear it declared of Jesus, you know, why look up? The same Jesus that ascended will return one day. And we have been holding on to that truth for over 2,000 years now. Longer than 700. We've been waiting for the second coming of Christ. If the first prophecy was fulfilled, we can be sure the second prophecy will be fulfilled. Christ, our Savior, will come. And you will be with him. Some of you will be with him sooner than others. But one day, if your hope is in Jesus, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, one day you will be with him. And you will rule and reign with him. It's going to happen. And the reason why it's going to happen, church, is simply because right there, Jesus loves you, and I love you. Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian, new going to church, in your $10,000 new brand new suit, your $1,000 shined shoes, and your new brand new gold-lined leather Bible. Jesus loves you if you're that person. Jesus loves you if you're some preacher in Kitchener wearing Vans running shoes, blue jeans, and a black hoodie preaching. Jesus loves you the same. It doesn't matter who you are, what you wear, what you're going through, what you think, what you know, what you think you should know. Jesus loves you. And because Jesus loves you, because God our Father loves you, He will hold true to his promise that Jesus, your Savior, will come. Think about it. Isaiah prophesied 
Emmanuel. God is going to come. And God saw the brokenness of you and I. God saw the brokenness of humanity. He saw that the hearts of men and women have turned against God. And he didn't turn his back on us when that's what he should have done. Instead, he sent God. Jesus came to us. Emmanuel, God came down to us. He came down to where we were. He didn't write the rules out and say, get your act together so you can get up to where I am. He knew that was impossible. And this was foretold before the world began. This was written down. God knew this was going to be his plan from the beginning of time. It's a mystery, but this mystery has been coming unfolded more and more clear over the years and decades and centuries. And one day it will all be over and we will be with Christ in the new heavens, in the new earth, ruling and reigning with him. Why? Because he loves you this morning. And there's hope because we put our faith in Jesus, our God, Emmanuel. Amen? We want to read in John chapter 1. I love this in John chapter 1, the first like 14 verses here, because this is John's Christmas story. It's different than the Christmas story that we're very familiar with in Matthew and Luke, right? The, the baby, the virgin mother, Joseph and Mary, the census, you know, the, the no room in the inn, that story, angels, shepherds, wise men, beautiful story. We love that at Christmas time. But this is John's Christmas story we read in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Word, He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made through him. We're speaking of the word, which is also Jesus. All things were made through him, Jesus. And without Jesus, nothing was made that was made. In him, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, speaking of Jesus, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. That's you and I. To those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, Jesus, became flesh. Baby Jesus in the manger became flesh. God, Emmanuel, came down to us. The word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, who was full of grace and truth. I want you to see what the New Living Translation um, writes in verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That is my message this morning unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen? So Jesus, the Word, existed in the beginning with God. 
Jesus created and gave life to everything. Jesus, the Word, became human and came down to us. And He not only came to us, but He came full of grace and truth and unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen. This is the greatest message the world could ever know. That Jesus came to us with unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen. You see, a lot of men will tell women that they love her. A lot of women will tell a man that she loves him. And unfortunately, a lot of people who tell somebody else that they love them become unfaithful and fail in their love for that person. Jesus is not like this. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Jesus came to the world. Jesus came not only to the world, but he came with unfailing love and faithfulness. A love that no man and no woman could ever understand fully or express to somebody else fully because we fail. But Jesus came in unfailing love and faithfulness. And this is what the people of our world are looking for. This is what people are longing for. Love, not just emotion, not just love for a month, a year, 10 years, and then it's over. Unfailing, eternal, everlasting, perfect love and faithfulness. That is what human beings are craving and desiring and longing, and they're looking in every wrong place to find it. It only comes to failure but not in Jesus. Amen? People want somebody to truly love them, to truly be committed to them, and to truly be faithful to them. People want to be understood. They want someone to listen to them. They want someone to comfort them, to help them, to hold them with pure motives, to protect them, to provide for them, to support them, to walk through this life with them to not leave them, to not abandon them, to really, truly love them. And this is the love that Jesus came down to earth to give to us. Amen? Now, there's a stupid TV show. I want to say that I've never seen this TV show. I want to make that clear. But I've heard of it. If you've watched it, it's between you and God. Please don't confess. But there's a stupid show called The Bachelor, and then there's another stupid show called The Bachelorette. And this is where they get about 25 men and one young lady, and the lady's trying to find true love. Tune in tonight on ABC at 8 o'clock, and Jenny and Benny want to find true love. Don't miss it. And it's this pursuit on this messed up TV show to find true love. So Jenny's sitting there with 25 guys, and Benny comes up, and he, he gives his spiel of why Jenny should be with him and marry him and love him. And then she's like, okay, that was nice. And then she says to the camera, I don't know, I really liked Benny, but he had bad breath. Moving on. Okay, Joe. Joe comes up, and Joe gives his spiel. Jenny, this is why you should marry me, love me, right? And, oh, I like Joe. His breath was nice, but, man, did you see his hair? And, and, and then Mark, and then Sam, and then Max, and Matthew, and, and on and on and on. And, 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 and they're smooching on their dates, and they're holding hands, walking down the beach, 
and they're swimming together and laughing together and eating steak together and drinking wine together, all, all 25 of them, one gal and 25 of them. But tune in to find, to see Jenny find true love. Yep, she's going to have to smooch 25 guys to figure it out, but it's going to be true. It's going to be real, yep. It's going to be everlasting. I bet you after she f realizes that all 24 were a mess, she'll go back to Benny. And it's going to be Jenny and Benny for the rest of the, the, the They lived happily ever after, Jenny and Benny. And then two months go by and you hear on ABC, oh, Jenny and Benny are no more. So we're going to do it again. Okay, come on in. Mary's going to take a stab at it. Tune in tonight. Mary's going to find true love. What a joke. What a joke. Again, please understand, I've never watched one show. I've only heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what I just explained to you on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, that is failing love, if you could even call it love. It's failing love. It is unfaithfulness. You're not just with one, you're with 25. Come on, get real, right? But this, this quote-unquote bachelorette love is what the world experiences. That is what the majority of relationships look like. It is emotion, it is temporary feelings, and ultimately it comes crashing down because it's not unfailing. The only love that you could ever experience, that will never fail you, that will never hurt you, is found in Jesus. Because he came again in unfailing love and faithfulness. Amen? And I think the big idea, the main thing of love, especially the love of God that he shows, the big theme in love is giving. Love is giving. It's not taking. It's, it's giving. And we know John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. This is how. This is how God loved the world. He gave. He didn't take. He gave. This is how God loved you and I. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Love is giving. And there are times, even in my relationship with my wife of 19 years, praise the Lord, December 7th, 19 years, we like chocolates, gift cards, cash is great too. Just, it just passed. That was unscripted. I didn't plan to say that, but I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to say that. <laughs> oh, yikes. Forgive me, Lord. I know not what I do. Where was I going with that? I totally lost my track. Turned to mine. But, but loving, loving is giving, and there's been times over my years where I've, I've actually become selfish in my relationship, where I would think only about myself, or my want, or my desires, or whatever, that I, what I can get from Cindy as opposed to giving her. And if we're all honest, we all have that can rise up in our, in our marriage and in our, in our relationships. But see, God, that's not God's love. God's love is giving, giving, giving. This is how God showed his love, that he gave Jesus to us. And he gave us his love, which again is unfailing and with faithfulness towards us. Psalm 136, verse 26, the psalmist says, 
give thanks to the God of heaven. Why? Why? Because his faithful love endures forever. It never, ever stops. Like, unlike Benny, right? It's just, it, it's real, it's faithful, it's committed, it's giving, it's thinking about us, it's laying himself down for us, it endures forever. The love of Jesus. Amen. There's never going to be one day, never, in this life or in the life within eternity, where God will not love you perfectly, forever. His love endures forever. Amen? Most people will only love others who treat them well, who are nice to them, who give them things, who are respectful and kind and thoughtful. Sure, I'll love them in return because I like the way they treat me, but not God. Not God. That's just us. That's our wretched flesh. That's our perspective. That's our natural perspective. If Cliff comes up to me and punches me in the gut right now, I'm going to be hard. I'm not, this isn't some illustration here. I'll, I'll still love the brother, but it's going to be a lot harder than if he comes up and you know, gives me a big old bear hug, right? But naturally, we, we love those people who love us back. But that's not at all how God, his unfailing and faithful love is. Romans 5.8, but God, again, showed us. God's always showing us love. He's always showing it. You, all through the scriptures, you see it. You read it. It's exemplified how God loves us. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We were a mess. We, we rejected him. We didn't want him. He, he had no reason to show us love. We, we were punching him in the gut. We were turning our back on him. And yet he still sent Christ to demonstrate how much he loves you. By sending Christ to die for you, to die for me, despite my sin, my shame, all of that stuff. He demonstrated his love by doing that for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him, gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? You see that? He's a giving God since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him for us. He also won't, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one for God himself has given us right standing with him. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death or are just a selfish, moronic fool sometimes? walking in our own fleshly ways? Can anything, can any of those things separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? 
Verse 36, as the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all of these things, despite all of that stuff, despite the junk, despite the sin, despite the failure, despite the letdown, despite the, the, the neglect, the shame, the disgrace, the condemnation, the impurity, despite all of that stuff, despite all of it, despite all of it. He says, in all of these things, despite all of that junk, the overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Do, do you get that? When I read that, I love that word in this translation, overwhelming victory. You're not just getting by with Jesus. His love gives you this morning overwhelming victory. That is why we can confidently say in Jesus, because of his love, I am more than a conqueror. Not in my own self. Not because I've memorized 100 Bible verses this month. Not because I'm perfect in church attendance this year. No, it's because of Jesus' love. Despite all of that junk, the list that we read, despite all of it, we are more than conquerors. We have overwhelming victory in Christ. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. No matter how you feel, no matter what thoughts right now are racing through your head, say, no, 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 this means everybody else except me. They don't know what I've done. They don't know what I've gone through. They don't know what I'm struggling with, what I'm feeling. No, that includes you despite all of that, despite all of those lies that the enemy right now is trying to speak to you. We pull it down in Jesus' name. We take those lies captive now. Right now, people of God, you need to hear the word of the Lord. Jesus loves you. Despite all of that junk, Jesus loves you. And he wants to give you, and he's given you overwhelming victory. You need to stand in that truth. Everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. You are going to leave this church and you're going to hear about COVID and Omicron and stress and violence and impurity and perversion and wickedness and selfishness. It's going to be all around you. You cannot forget this word that Jesus loves you and you have overwhelming victory because he loves you. You cannot forget that. You will be tempted to you will be distracted with all the other voices. You must hold on to this truth. This is the most important truth you could or will ever know. That Jesus loves you. Amen. Verse 38, I am convinced. I am convinced. We need to be a people who are convinced. Don't doubt this. Don't allow your mind to cause you to second guess this. Be like the writer here. Say, I, I am convinced. Right now, the Holy Spirit is convincing me right now that Jesus loves me no matter what, despite all of it. Jesus loves me. And he says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I am convinced. You will not change my mind. They will not change my mind. The news broadcast will not change my mind. The new laws implemented in our nation will not change my mind. All the lies of Satan racing through my head, it will not change my mind. 
I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death or life or angels or demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord who came to us. Emmanuel came to us with unfailing love and faithfulness. That is the God we serve. That is the God who loves you this morning. Most people are looking for this love in all of the wrong places. How many marriages fail because of selfishness instead of selflessness? How many marriages fail because the man or the woman becomes selfish instead of selfless? And it leads that marriage to divorce and devastation. And it ruins the relationship with kids. And it just destroys the family line. All because of selfishness instead of selflessness. How many marriages fail because a, a, a taking kind of lustful stand comes in instead of a giving, serving love. Somebody who just wants, I just want from you. I'm no, I'm no longer willing to give. I no longer want to give and serve in this marriage, in this relationship. And I just want to take, take, take. I'm only thinking about me. And they refuse to no longer give and serve their wife or their husband. And it leads to a marriage breakdown. It's happening all around us. We know we've heard many different types of marriage vows. A lot of it is just empty words. Me and my daughter like to say empty talk. If we're watching like a show or a movie as a family and they're like getting all deep, I'm like, Jay, that's all empty talk. So there's times she's like, Dad, it's just empty talk. <laughs> but there's a lot of empty talk at the front of a church when people are getting married there really is and that that would have been with Jenny and Benny a lot of empty talk here's a familiar marriage vow that maybe you said maybe I'm sure I'm sure you've heard it but I John I, I'm gonna use Benny and Jenny again I <laughs> I Benny take you Jenny to be my wife E and I do promise and covenant before God and before these witnesses to be your loving and faithful husband in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. I'm yours, baby. I love you, Jenny. I love you, Benny. Right? But these are very traditional words that a lot of times are just empty talk and they say it's before God they say I promise to love you until the day I take my last breath babe I love you and and, and they're crying and people are celebrating and there's people witnessing this and, and, and God is witnessing they say it's before God and people and then a year goes by and and selfishness comes in 
and lust and taking just, just comes in. No more serving. No more giving. No more laying down your life, your desires for your spouse, for your husband, for your wife. It's now just me, me, me. And that, that comes into the marriage and all of those vows. What about those vows? What about the words you said on your wedding day? You see, that is so like us as humans. It is not like God. When God makes a vow to you, he keeps it. He will never forsake it. He will never walk away from it. His word is true. His word is forever. Our words are all up and down and all over. But it's so easy to say the things. But really, we know a talk can be very cheap. Right? But this is the reality of what's happening in our world. Hebrews 13, 5, God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Another version says, I'll never fail you. I'll never abandon you. Again, Psalm 136, verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Listen to what it says. His faithful love endures forever. If you read Psalm 136, you will find in all 26 verses of that psalm, it says, his faithful love endures forever. When something is repeated in the Bible, it is God saying, hello. You didn't hear the first time. Thank you, Sherry. God's like, Ugh. trust me, he's done that to me many times. Matt, you righteous dummy. You love me, but you're kind of dumb right now. When, God, when, when something is repeated in the Bible, it's important. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 2, his faithful love endures forever. Verse 3, verse 4, all the way to 26. And that's just one psalm. There's many times throughout the scripture where God is saying, I love you. I love you. I love you forever, forever. Despite anything, I love you. Amen? And this Christmas, we want to be reminded of this absolutely important truth. Jesus loves you. We are living in a world that is full of chaos right now. We know that. We know that. And, and when you hear on the news, oh, I'm so sick of hearing of this stupid virus. I'm so sick of hearing about variants and, and, and regulations. And it's like, okay, hey, Lord, I, I want to be wise. I want to obey the leaders. But God, I'm so sick of this. I'm sure you can relate. We all understand. It's been a long haul. It's going to be a long haul until one day this is all said and done on this earth. There's, there's always going to be things that are just against us, in opposition against us. There's always going to be things that just weigh down upon us. And right now with Christmas here, Jalen was just saying, driving here, I can't believe it's December 12th. Like Christmas is less than two weeks away. Cindy, we still got to buy some presents for them. Are we doing that this year? It's coming fast. <laughs> Looks like gas station and Dollarama presents. <clears throat> but with Christmas here, so much of our world is just, they just get so consumed with, with holidays and occasions. And, and I, I love Christmas. I love occasions. And Cindy's made our house look beautiful this year with decorations and lights everywhere. I'm loving it. But there's so much more than, than that. And if there's ever a time of the year where we can have this reminder of how desperately Jesus loves us, it's Christmas time. 
because this is the time where we celebrate him coming down to us despite all of our junk. And the reason why he came is because he loves us. And see, this is, you notice in that passage there in, in John 1, right in the middle of there of talking about how much God loves us, it threw in about John. It says, there was a man. It's like right in the middle. It's like, oh, and by the way, there was a man named John. He, he was not the light. He was not Jesus, but he was to here to, to preach about Jesus and tell the world about the light. That's there because that's our job. Like, you are John. <laughs> that's our rule. Jesus said before he ascended, he, he told us that, that we are to be witnesses of Christ in the world. And you are a witness in different ways. You all can be witnesses in different ways. You don't have to get up on a microphone and preach. You do it where you are, the way you are gifted, the way that you're comfortable, you, but you just do it. You talk about him. You, you let people know that he loves them. Like, like wear a sweater like this out in the world. That's one way. Ask Chip and Cheryl. Maybe they can order more. I don't know. But my point is, is that this is, this is the greatest message that the world needs to hear and that you need to be reminded of. Because you're, you're going to be, the opposition will come. Amen? So we're going to pray, and then we're going to close. And that's what we're going to do. <laughs> God, we thank you, Lord, for your amazing love. Man, we can sing about it, we can read about it, we can he hear a preacher preach about it, we can know about it, but Lord, we, we want it to be just on the forefront of our thoughts as we go to work, as they go to school, as we are at the grocery store, as we're pumping gas, wherever we go, we, we never want to allow ourselves to become distracted, Lord, with, with this world around us, Lord, we, we want this truth. We want to be convinced that, that you love us, Lord. Because there's days where it's more believable. There's days where it's easier to believe that, God. There's days where we're feeling good. There's a little bit of a kick in our step. We feel close to you. We had a great time of devotions that morning, you know, and, and then we wake up on Tuesday and we sleep in or we're grumpy and so we feel shameful and we don't want to read the Bible and we miss that and we're stressed out, and we're, we're, we're angry, and, and we feel on those times like maybe you don't love us as much, and we can't really talk to you the same. That's all a lie. That's all a lie. It doesn't matter how we feel. It doesn't matter what we fail in or struggle with or are, are going through. Your love remains the same. And Lord, I pray that you remind Christians of that this morning. That they would know, no matter what they're going through or feeling or thinking or questioning, Jesus loves them. And he came down for them. For them. If it was only them, you would come, Jesus. That's how much you love each one of us. And Lord, I pray that we, we would take that message to the world. Lord, in our workplaces, in our families, with our friends, on the job. And Lord, I pray that we would spread this message of the love of Jesus, Lord, on, on the internet, on social media, on these platforms that you've given us. That we would desire to tell the world 
of your love, Jesus. <coughs> Lord, I thank you this morning for this truth. Let it be the foundation of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. You can mix and mingle. Just throw your mask on if you don't mind. God bless, guys. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.